0: Most basic things that we need in our world to live authentically, and that is to feel safe. And unfortunately, there are some situations out there in our community and across Texas and across the country and world that are not keeping our families, our children, and our community safe. And one of the biggest challenges in Houston, Texas today is sex trafficking. So I have come together with these two amazing women to join their movement to help eradicate sex trafficking in our community and what we're talking about today is the smart app. So welcome Amy Pierce she's been a guest on many podcasts before the co-founder of Houston 20 and Jennifer Homan an incredible leader across the country and changing the way people look at trafficking. You guys have been in Austin, you've been working hard so thank you so much for taking the time out to even be here this morning. We're glad to, we're glad to be home. It's yeah. it's moving fast, or fast
1: and furious in Austin, but but we are excited to be working on the Smart Act and Jen, do you want to tell them a little bit about what the Smart Act is so we can start from from we're all on the same page? <laughs> yeah. Yes.
2: Go for so, it, Jen. So so in the in the fight to um, end human trafficking or at least combat it a lot, what most people need to understand is that um pornography um is happening in strip clubs and in strip clubs is where human trafficking is happening um strip clubs are a part of what we call the sexually oriented businesses um and so what we're trying to do is right now in the state of texas you have to be 21 to uh, smoke or vape uh, which was passed last session you have to be 21 to gamble um, and you have to be 21 to drink alcohol Uh, however only 18 years old to be sexually exploited in a strip club or sexually oriented business. And so what we know some of the data and the the medical data behind and the mental data behind why the standard age for gambling, drinking and smoking and vaping is 21 is because the brain is just not physiologically developed enough to understand risk um, and, and the ramifications and being able to assess what cause and effect is at that level and what type of trauma um, could be potentially posed in type these in types in these types of establishments um, we're not trying to put out uh put out of business legitimate businesses um we that's fine and we know that there is a a, a group of of sex workers there are a numbers of sex workers in this space but what we're trying to do is ensure that we give these girls amy loves this comment we learned it this week um, is give these girls three years of just a little bit more grace um, and these boys to, make the decision on whether or not that's the type of lifestyle or career that they want, where there is potential opportunity for sexual assault, uh, rape, um, illegal drugs, um, uh, underage alcohol, um, and all the different secondary societal effects that exist in sexually oriented businesses. And Amy, I think, I know you always have some good commentary on Kind of what we're trying to do as well what it is well
1: and you know it was really interesting and we'll get more into what has happened in austin but we've had the opportunity to um talk with when uh, we had witnesses um get up and survivors get up and speak about their experiences and so often their trafficking situation started in with their employment in a sexually oriented business. And often they've said, you know, you can be underage and, and it's very alluring. You can make money fast. You can make good money really fast. And think about it when you are and, and, and you can make a 15 year old look like an 18 year old with makeup very easily. And it's easy to get a fake ID, but it is very difficult to make a 14, 15, 16 year old look like a 21 year old. That is very difficult. So, that's again the three years of grace. And if you think about it, you know, making $500 a night uh, or more, w- think of it. Can you imagine, Danae, when you were 15 or 16, $500? I mean, that was, I mean, when we were that age, I was just trying to save up for Fleetwood Mac albums. And, <laughs> you know, well,
0: I, yeah, it's and all and the money in the it's, world. It's so interesting because I was talking to Bella and her friends. She is 13 years old. And they came up with an idea that they wanted to move to Italy in the summer, and they wanted to work in a strip club as a bartender so that they could make a lot of money. So there is something in our music, our movies, our communities that tell these young women, even smart young women who have the world as an opportunity, that this is a good choice and a consideration. And that's what made me realize it is not just other kids. It is our kids and our community. What
2: you Danae, just said- you make such a good point. Uh, I mean, let me, you make such a good point because what we learned in these strip clubs is a, we're finding 14 and 16 year olds in there, like Amy said. However, what's also happening is when they don't have, what they do systematically, they will not put enough dancers on the, for the night on the floor. And they'll be like oh we're we're missing staff like we don't have enough people to be staff so these waitresses and bartenders they're like oh will you fill in because we can't get any other dancers to come oh and you don't have to take off your shirt and so so they'll get up there and they'll start dancing and then they'll say then they'll have a guy go up and say i'll give you 200 take off your shirt so it just literally lures them and grooms Uh them into going and being and then getting more comfortable and then We've got a case right now with a girl, a young girl named Alana, um, who this law is, was basically named after, uh, or well, this this act that we want to turn into a law mm-hmm. who basically the club comped 17 rounds of drinks for Alana wow. to do this, put her in a car knowingly. We have video putting her in a car after she's completely wasted. She was only 18 years old. She just graduated out of high school, put her in a car. She was so wasted. Clip the back and flip the car she was dead so uh, so it's a grooming and luring process just like human trafficking is inside these clubs
1: well and jen you just and and a couple of a couple of words that just came out glamorizing it on movies making it look fun and wonderful and something exotic to do and then jen you just said something oh can you get up just this once just this once but for you to uh, not have trepidation and not be nervous about it, here, have a few drinks. Mm-hmm. Oh, just pop this one pill just to help you relax. It'll help you relax. But that's, remember, they're only 18 at the most. And most likely they're even younger that they've, and, and then that is just the beginning and the beginning. And most often, and and often if they do start at 18 or younger, they stay, they stay for a long time. And it's at the beginning of drug addiction, alcoholism. And and that we and what, what we've got to remember, as you just said, Jen, she had just graduated from high school. My son did not turn 18 until his second week of college. Most of these 18-year-olds are still in high school. They're still in high school. So that's just something we've got to keep in mind. And then and then another thing that so many of the kids that are doing this are from the foster care system. After the yes. eighteen, they age out and they need money. They think fast money, good money. It'll just be for a little bit, but they don't have the support system or the family system, Danae, which you had just said that so many of us have, and that's just the beginning. And and uh, and as as we know, and and Jen, you're gonna have to have to help me with my numbers. I want to make sure I get them right. But sixty percent of of foster care children end up. In the sex industry, 60%. And so often, this is the door, this is the gateway of just getting them in. And then
0: from there, uh, they, they are trafficked. We know it. So uh this is and I do want to I do want to add that this is a process we have been working on for years, and we people listening will say, Well, this of course this is gonna pass, but we tried, Jen, you tell it. T- explain to our audience that this is not a done deal just because it seems logical. It's not, Danae. Let me let me explain. You, uh, you know, when we first
2: started working in this space, and you ladies were so helpful, when we worked at the federal level to pass FOSTA SESTA, right? I literally had never done any lobbying except for like the Chiba mm-hmm. girls when they went missing, but it was very on the edge what we have to do is go and read that um, Schoolhouse Rocks. Remember, watch the Schoolhouse Rocks. Yes, I'm, just yeah, I'm just a bill. I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill. Sorry. Right, right. <laughs> Amy knows the song. Um, and so you have, like, you literally have to understand that's the formal process, Danae. And this particular bill, I'll give you an example, is we, uh, John Clark started this bill in 2017. We've been in two sessions, 2017 and 2019. When you have an idea for a bill, you go and you take it to a legislator, and either they write it, or sometimes you can pay other people, attorneys, to write these bills. We had a constitutional attorney write this bill. It is a very solid bill. In fact, this concept was already passed in a bill in Louisiana, so the Cajuns have done it, right? And so, Here's to our
0: Cajun brothers. Yeah, yes. those are Cajun yes. brothers and sisters. That's right. That's right.
2: A little bit of gumbo and no eighteen-year-olds inside the club. I love, I love it. I love it. And so, um, so then what happens is once the bill gets right, written, let's say because we wrote this, wrote this bill, we had this bill written ourselves. The Houston Twenty helped fund it, um, and literally, then you take it to a legislator and you say, "Will you sponsor this bill and take it through the process?" This time, uh, I'll I'll give you a little history later, but this time we had House Representative Sean Theory uh, take the bill, and also Senator Joan Huffman also decided on her own to take the bill as well. You take the bill, and then you go to what's called Ledge, Legislative Council, and that's where the bill gets reviewed for any duplication, verbiage, and all that, and it gets assigned a bill number. We've got three legislators now that have this bill. The numbers are HB 1655, which is House Rep Sean Theory, HB 2285, which is House Rep Tan Parker, and HB 3520, which is with uh, House Representative Todd Hunter. And they get it out of Ledge, understand the duplicative language, although multiple of them can file the bill. Um, Tan Parker's is a little bit different. It has some language around Uh, uh, DFPS facilities and childcare facilities being called no trafficking areas, or so we get more police in there. So that was a little bit different. But the other two bills are also a little bit different. Uh, Tan Parker and Todd Hunter's is you have to be 21 to be employed by a club, but only 18 to be on the premise. So what does that mean consumers or people that are going there can be 18. And Sean theory's bill, which is our favorite bill, uh, in a sense of the wording is 21 to work there and 21 to be on-premise. So it says if you're stepping foot on that property, um, you need to be 21 because there's a lot going on in there. You need to understand, right? So these three bills move forward. They both, they all three have bill numbers. Then what happens is it gets assigned to a committee. Sometimes it never gets signed to a committee can die, right? When it does get assigned to a committee, this one particular bill was in the House was signed to uh, the LAP committee, Licensing Administrative Procedure. It's chaired by an the...
0: interesting name for the sexually oriented businesses. <laughs> no, that's right. I know okay. the LAP committee.
2: Anyway, LAP. Go ahead. LAP. Oh, that's right. Lap dance. Oh, okay yeah. is, We did. We Amy. We never thought yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. We got
0: incorporate that. Yeah. Jesus. Go for it.
2: Anyways, Well, you threw me for a loop on that one, Danae. Um, And so then it goes to this committee. Now the amazing Miss T, Sophronia Thompson, who is known as the human trafficking champion. This amazing woman has literally taught the legislator for the legislature for the past 10 to 20 years, what human trafficking is. If you look at her name and look at the bill, she's she's got human trafficking bill, human trafficking bill, human Mm trafficking. She's amazing, right? She also always carries the, the human trafficking budget bill. So this is her committee, lab committee. So it got assigned to Mrs. T's lap committee as chairwoman. And then what Ms. T did is put it in what's called a subcommittee. So it did get a hearing because it can go to the committee and never get a hearing. So she had a subcommittee for it made up of five house reps, Uh, uh, house representative Drew Darby, house representative Anna Hernandez, Art Fierro, Charlie Guerin. And the person that chaired that subcommittee was uh, Huberty, Dan Huberty. Right, Chairperson, Dan Huberty. So what happens is then once it gets signed to that subcommittee, it gets on the calendar for a hearing. So that's what we did on Friday is went for its hearing. And then what you do is you put up a storyline of testimony as to why you support this bill or why you oppose the bill. So Friday was our hearing. I'll I'll tell you how, well, I'll let Amy tell you how Friday went in just a minute, but let me finish Mm -hmm. the process. So Mm -hmm. then it goes to subcommittee And then they have to do what's called voted out. So it has to be reviewed by, it has to be reviewed by the overall committee, the larger committee, Mm -hmm. which has multiple other representatives on it. And then it gets voted out of committee and gets scheduled on calendars committee to go to the floor. And that's when the bill gets presented on the floor by whatever house representatives bill moved forward. And then they debate it on the floor. All of this can be seen on TV. We can send you the links. And and if you join the Texas Smart Act Army on Facebook, we will always post the links of all the different hearings that we're going to for this bill. So then once it hits the House floor or the one in the Senate hits the Senate floor, they debate it. You close the door. Then what happens is after it moves, after it gets out of the House, let's say it gets voted on, this particular bill in 2019 Got voted unanimously onto the on the floor, and it going over to the Senate. Unfortunately, last year we had some issues where the last minute on the House floor, literally at 11:47 p.m. in 2019, the last day of session, uh, mm-hmm. Representative Dunton out of Houston came and pulled what's called a point of order. On this bill, because we had attached it as an amendment to Miss T's budget bill for human trafficking, Mm -hmm. he called a point of order and said there were two subjects in that that bill, human trafficking and strip clubs or sexually oriented businesses. And because you can't have two subjects in a bill, he called a point of order and he killed it at 11.47 p.m. on the last day of session. We had no way to recover from that. And so it died in the House. In the Senate, it got voted 29 to 2. Never got a hearing to move over to the House. So this bill got stuck, one got killed, one got never pulled over to the House and it never moved forward. So now what has to happen is this has to pass out of the House over to the Senate. We have to have a strategy on how to get good senators to support this bill and push it forward. And then when it gets voted on in the Senate, then it goes to the governor's desk because it's moved out of both chambers.
0: Okay. I'm going to have a perspective. That's a fashion girl's perspective because my daughter's 13 and we just watched legally blonde 2, And she was trying to take a bill to the floor in Washington and get it passed And the woman who started the bill ended up being the person that went and tried to tear it down because one of her donors decided they didn't like it. So and it got and it fell apart. So yes. I'm not asking you to talk about any names specifically, but there is this that happens in politics every day, that even the person that champions it, when it sounds like to our our listeners that this is a shoe in why would any person possibly not want this to happen? That's why we're talking to you about it today. Because it matters that representatives hear from their constituents. And it matters that they know what we care about. Ladies, take it from here.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a loaded gun, man. <laughs> I will say, you know, it is hard. Because, um, and, and, and what you just said, in, what happened in, in the movies, and we're talking about glamorizing this. Um, one, of, one In the movie, one of her donors said, I don't like this bill. And, you know, the entertainment industry is, is influential in Austin and they don't like this bill. They, they want to sell the liquor. Um, and they, and they are donors to, um, to members and, and, uh, but I, but what I will say is like you just said, we've got to remember we have a voice and we, um, we elect these members sure. and they, they want to hear from us and, and, and and they need to hear from us and they want to hear from us. They want to vote the way their district wants them to vote. Yes. So all they need to do is hear from us. And Danae, so what we've done in our our all of our work on the a- anti-sex trafficking is we've likened ourselves, you know, the Houston 20 work that we've done. We are the next MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. We are protecting our children. We are trying to yes. prevent sex trafficking. And so much of the prevention of sex trafficking is going after the demand. And that starts... In these sexually oriented businesses so what we have done and jennifer just mentioned the smart act army on facebook we have Jennifer, I think our last count was more than 1,600 uh, people have signed on to the Facebook page, our Facebook Army, and we've amassed that number in, I think, eight days of, of people that want to have a voice, want to know what's going on, how to write their legislators and weigh in to let them know, hey, I support you home in the district. This is what is best for us in your neighborhood. We do not want... We don't want our kids at age 18 working there or dancing. We we want them to be 21 to be able to make these what's, these decisions, better better decisions for, smarter decisions for themselves. And most importantly, we don't want them to think when they're 18, this is the only choice of employment that they have. They have so many choices and better choices of careers to make.
0: But the legislators need to hear from us. And so tell us we, about what happened nationally when we went to dc to try to get things passed
1: foster sesta go ahead jen yes.
0: yes yeah oh what you want me to explain what happened with foster sesta or like the success we had with what yeah. we thought was a small group of people that it had a huge impact every it letter really every phone call yeah it mattered and legislators want to hear from us, Go, Jen,
1: go,
2: you saw. Yeah, yeah, no, so what happened, there were people fighting for that all over the country, um, but what had happened is, is the anti-trafficking movement does not have lobbyists. And so you have these national level organizations like Nicosi and World Without Exploitation and um, NCMIC that are all trying really hard to do this work and Polaris, all these, but what seems to happen is it's, you've got it when you get to the Hill, or you get to Austin, you got to figure out what everybody's agendas are. And with yes. a, without a lobbyist who doesn't know what, who does what, or how this one thinks, or how they vote on this bill, you know, as a, as an advocate or an actor, or whatever, I don't like to call myself an advocate, but as a lay person, you're like, you don't know all everybody's it's like, it's like personalities inside of a friend group.
0: Well, how yes. does that one
2: think? Or how does that one think? Or what does that one do? You know? And so these lobbyists, that's, I used to not like the lobby thing because I was like, oh, why do we have to pay people to do, mm-hmm. you know, to do this? But really it's because you know what the climate and culture is that's yes. going on, right? Last session, we didn't have a lobbyist, but with the FOSTA-SESTA, what, what we did was understand what bills were going up. Uh, we had one in the House. We had one in the Senate. We had to listen to what was happening if they were getting delayed or in committee. And then what we did is we learned while we were there that only, it takes only 25 calls at the federal level for a legislator to pay attention to an issue. And there are so many issues they're dealing with and they are so not the master of all of those, right? And Mm -hmm. so what we did is we just enabled the Houston 20 Army, the Austin 20 Army and all the other organizations, right? To start calling, making phone calls, sending emails, doing text messages, showing up to hearings and national briefings. And literally what happened is, Well, at that one, (laughs) when we went to listen to a national briefing, the House bill had gotten delayed and was told it wasn't going to get a hearing. And then the Senate bill seemed like it was moving forward. So when I learned this and I was there with some survivor leaders is we started then we went to that when the House bill died, we were in the briefing for the national for the Senate one. And I was pissed. Like I was like, why in the world would <laughs> the House side sell out on us? Why are they selling out on the <laughs> American people? Because what we were trying to do is make it illegal to sell children, minors, online for sex.
1: Well, you know, I I, I want to make sure the important thing um, of our story, our success. I'm going to go ahead and call it a success, Jen, in Washington, and it was because of you and the survivor leaders going boots on the ground, going and visiting with members personally, telling your stories, their stories, their experiences. And I think people have forgotten. They don't think their vote matters anymore. Oh, it's just one vote. Oh, my letter, my email won't matter. But it does. And like our conversation that we, what we we're just having, our legislators want to hear from us. They need to hear that about this SMART Act and that we want it, that we need it, that we have to have it, that we want them to pass it.
2: That's right, Amy. And, and I think it's not just going there and telling them that you support it. It's also asking for the backstory. Because that's what happened, just to sum it up in, in DC, is we sat with um, uh, Congresswoman Ann Wagner's uh, staff and understood the backstory, and then went and took action on that backstory. Went back over to the Senate to start trying to go- negotiate. Like we became our own lobbyists. And, and then that's why we were so blessed to be able to go into the White House when it finally got to the president's desk. Um, you know, They asked me to go and I, I really kind of declined twice um almost three times until I struck a deal if they're going to strike deals I struck deals to uh be able to take survivors uh with me into the Oval Office and the West Wing and 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 get restitution for their souls that they believed and understood that people were willing to fight for them um and and that was that was that's where you you know you have to use your voice but you never let your voice become stronger than the survivors um and that's a problem I see a lot is um is that you just you've got to be a great advocate legislatively, but you also have to make sure the right per, the right people are, that have been hurt by this thing are, are always in the forefront.
1: And they were our witnesses. You know, Danae in our yeah. hearing on Friday, our survivors were the ones telling the story, giving the examples, giving the information. Um, and and talking. And we had legislators in tears, didn't we, Jen? Mm-hmm. And our yeah, our-, our Fierro
2: was in tears, Anna Hernandez was moved. Uh, a, a Char- Darby uh, Drew Darby basically said, "Who is opposed to this? Like, how can anybody be opposed to this?" Yeah. Um, there was in the audience. There was one person that was opposed to it, but it was the Entertainment Association lobbyists. Yeah. Um, and then the beer and the liquor guys were back there too. Right. So, and and there is opposition on the subcommittee, Danae. I mean, we we really have to fight to convince some people that this is not a choice. That this is trauma that are happening in these uh, businesses.
0: And there's so much during COVID, we have all lost so much of the ability to connect with other people in person. And now more than ever, we are valuing connection. And that's such a big part of this is the stories, the stories of their survivors. And just to let people know, not everybody listening knows, but a survivor is a woman who has been trafficked or is someone Who has been prostituted and I have learned to change the way I talk about their journey and say they have been prostituted it sometimes people believe that it's a choice and they believe that they are choosing this but it is truly. Uh, this grooming process that has evolved them to this place to get here. And so much of that is happening through social media. And so much of that is the negativity affecting our families. But I think it's fascinating to know now that we are using social media to benefit this. And I racked up, but you were helping our fabulous Sherry Zucker learn how to tweet and like to tweet can help save this. I thought social media was taking down our country. Tell people what they can do to connect, to let people know their voice.
2: Yeah, this is interesting. So there's multiple ways. If you join this on Facebook, it's a private group called the Texas Smart Act Army, but anybody can can, uh, join. And um, what, what the, the most basic ways of helping are, one, we list on the Texas Smart Act Army, the, the subcommittee members, and every time we, men, we, we list the members we want you to target. Easiest thing, pick up the phone, dial, and we we'll give you all the numbers. Second thing is email. Email the legislator, the member, and their chief of staff. We provide those emails for you on that site. The next thing to do is when we have a bill that's getting a hearing, there's called, in the House, it's called the House uh, Public Comments. And so it legally, now it's the first time ever, puts in a record, a legal record that says this many people gave feedback for each bill. So that's the third way. The fourth way is to tweet. A lot of these legislators and their staffs, thankful to some other crazy politicians, have made Twitter the place where the conversation's occurring. So we have a a, a Twitter account called the Smart Act Army, Smart Act Army. And you basically go just retweet. Oh, you just put the little circle that has the arrows, hit retweet, it's so easy. If you don't have a Twitter account, it's just like getting, going to the app store, downloading, putting in some information, creating your account, and just go follow the, the Smart Act Army um, and retweet. And so on Facebook, it's called the Texas Smart Act Army. On Twitter, because we believe the state's will eventually want to, other states will want to continue to push this bill. We called it just the Smart Act Army. And just retweet, just push a button. So easy. But look, uh, George P. Bush just uh, tweeted for us about the Smart Act. And every one of us went and retweeted. We met with him, was it yesterday, Amy? Yesterday. yesterday, Yeah. yeah. And he's making some calls and he's going to put some pressure and help Um, In really cool ways um, uh, for this, uh, for this. And the governor,
1: the governor wants this bill to pass. The governor wants the SMART Act to pass. He wants our children to be protected and for them to wait, have to wait until 21 to make this decision. Do I really want to work here? That's right. Um, Yes. So
2: and reshare on Facebook, we need everyone to invite more people to the SMART Act army. Look, we've mobilized over 15 or 1600 people in one week. And can you imagine uh, the next, just then every day, adding two or 300 more people to help retweet, to help contact the legislators, to share this on Facebook? Um, because people just don't know that their kids only have to be 18. They could be a senior in high school and somebody convinced them to go work in one of these sexually oriented businesses. Um, and then, and I'll, but they do have to be 21 to smoke, drink and gamble, so.
1: Okay, sorry, they don't have to be 18. We have found 13 and 14 year olds yeah. working who with makeup look 18, but please let's make it 21. You can't make a 13-year-old look like they're 21. Yeah. Give it a little time.
2: You know, this morning I, I have a I have a girl I advocate for. And I'm only sharing this story because I'm allowed to, I'm not going to give you details. I call her Kendra. And um we've been working for about nine years to get her out of the life. And this morning she, you know, she's got a, a you know a kind of a, a situation with the law. And and this morning we were talking to her as we as we got her out of jail she's a victim. Um, uh, we got her to jail and she, we were talking about, she's like, well, you know, Jen, she's like a daughter and what are you, you know, what are you doing today? And cause we're going to spend some time together before she goes into a program. And I said, well, baby, I'm working on the smart act and this is what it means. And, and she said, she said, Jen, there's like 13 year olds in there. Like there's this one, like literally she started naming some of the clubs and uh, I mean, you just, they all know it. They know exactly what's happening inside these clubs and that uh, we're okay with, legal businesses. If you're a legitimate business, keep going. We, hey, it's people's choice, right? But there are places where there is illegal activity going on and and we need to keep the kids out of there.
0: One of my favorite quotes is that commitment is doing what you said you would do after the feeling that you had when you said it has passed. And this has been such a journey for you and for so many others because it is not individual situations. You approached it with some individual exposures, but then it's broadened so much. I mean, I feel like my daughter and her friends have had situations where traffickers have reached out to them on social media. I I want people to understand that yes, the most victimized in our society for this realm is generally foster care. But this is truly something happening to not just immigrants and not just people in lower lower socioeconomic opportunities. That it is everywhere because you can sell a child, a woman, a boy, a little multiple times, but you could sell a drug once.
2: That's right. You know, Danae, I think when 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 John and I started this. Um, you know, I, I think through my leadership, I, I've learned how to really understand humility and authentic humility. Authentic, by the way, um, yeah. humility. That and understand also that authentic leadership is not always it being about you. It's not yeah. always about just your voice. And and John knew, and I need we needed to proliferate the message out, and we need powerful leaders, influential leaders in this space, which is why we reached out to Amy uh, together to start the the Houston 20. Uh, why, which is why uh, Alex, Alexandria Garbasi Alvarez and I started the OGTAG, which is why we have other leaders in HAT, which is why you're at the table. It's, it's really, it was never just about our voice and our intention and our agenda, that a true movement is, is really about the community rising up and sharing yep. in those successes and sharing oh. in those failures and su- sharing in the momentum and the intention to do what's right for our community. And, and so much in activism and advocacy, you see people take the front and, and it's always about them. And it no longer becomes about the cause, it becomes about the person. And this is where on Friday, when we did that hearing and Amy was there, and, and we're gonna share the video soon on Texas Smart Act Army, but we had all these survivor leaders in these rooms, all these overcomers of this thing in this room. Mm-hmm. We had advocates, we had NGOs, We had House Representative Sean Theory, House Representative Tam Parker, speaking to everyone. And we went around that room and everybody shared their testimony and why they were in this. And it was the most moving moment you have, Houston 20 was, it was the most moving moment you've ever seen in your life. We were all in tears and we realized it just wasn't about any one individual. It was about every color, every culture, every age, every gender about all of those voices and our survivor leaders, some of who were very stoic these days and they hold back, literally were in tears because they said, we just, you have no idea how much it means for us to understand that you're here to support us, that you're here to get retribution for the pain we've lived through and create real solutions and real law where we had a storyboard of ideas and understanding to present to those legislators and compel them to do the right thing Which is pass the Smart Act,
0: Amy? Give us the Audrey Hepburn quote that I love. With that, you say,
1: "Oh, God's given us two hands—one to help yourself, but most importantly, the other to help others—and let's let's do it. Many hands make work light, and with all of us together, look what we can do." Please help us contact your legislators, contact your personal legislators and those on these important committees to let them know we've got to pass the SMART Act this session. It's it's for our children and they need us now more than ever. They're so yeah. vulnerable, especially M- with the current pandemic.
2: Miss <laughs> Thomas, I mean, Miss Thompson, Miss Sophronia Thompson, Thompson uh, House Representative, Chairwoman uh, Sophronia Thompson, she's gonna be our shero. We know she's gonna move this out of that committee and to the floor. Um, where we know we'll have outstanding success to get it over to the Senate. So um, if everybody could just give her encouragement and love, uh, she's gonna be our shero, I I just know it.
0: Our shero, I love, yay, she's our shero. There are absolutely so many women, but I love John Clark's heart. He has certainly led us in an incredible way. And I wanna say to all of you, I am a busy person, so many of my people, my friends in my life are busy people, but there is nothing that fills your soul like giving and making a difference. And just taking a little bit of time, just making a little bit of a commitment can truly change the community for the better. And we encourage you to join us and join our fight because we are fighting for so many that are so worthy of love and overcoming their adversity. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us today and having our technical difficulties. So um, we will get together again soon.
2: Thank you, Danae. Thank you so much. Thank you, Danae. We appreciate you. Bye, Amy. Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye, guys.